I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, all of you beautiful people out there in the world of podcasting. My name is Jeremy Saunders, and I sound like Steve-O from Jackass. Because, um, well, me and the boys were just coming off a a nine-day whirlwind of a a little tour. We did live shows in Vancouver, live shows in Calgary, live shows in Toronto, and... um, and they were all amazing. I just first want to say thank you so much if you came out to support our show. Uh, we had an incredible time going across the country and meeting so many of you wonderful listeners. Um, but, you know, I've, I'm, despite the fact that I've lost my voice, despite the fact that we've been doing shows nonstop for the last week and a bit, it does not mean that the shows are going to stop. Uh, we have two big shows coming up. We're really excited about this because we're back on the East Coast. And uh, we're going to be doing some East Coast shows, specifically in my home province, my my birth province of Newfoundland. First time we're going to be there, and then uh, and then we're doing a show in Halifax, Halifax, Nova Scotia, our our true hometown, and uh, we're really excited. So, if you are looking to come to see us in Newfoundland, I'm going to say this right off the bat: it is a small show. We've lined up something that I think is so fitting for a Newfoundland show. We're going to do a house show. It's going to be in the living room of a friend of ours, and uh, there's going to be very, very, very limited tickets. That show is going to be in a couple of weeks. It's going to be October 11th. That's a Friday night. Um, So make sure you hop on that and get those tickets as soon as possible. I'll let you know where in a moment. And then following that, the following week on October 17th, we are doing our next Halifax live show. It's been a little while. Haven't seen you since earlier in the year. And uh, we, we feel very fortunate, very grateful to be doing a show at the, the much beloved uh, Spats Theater. It's going to be the biggest show we've done in the province to date. And we would love to see each and every one of you out there. Here's a big caveat, though. That show is specifically a fundraiser for Sick Wish Round 2. All of the proceeds of that show are going directly to Sick Wish to uh, grant a wish to an individual who is living with a chronic or terminal disease. So we'd love to see you there. Uh, Tickets for both of these shows are going to go on sale on Wednesday. That is Wednesday, October 2nd uh, at noon Halifax time. That's noon Atlantic Standard Time. So uh, please, please, please show your support. Uh, Newfoundland, we'd love to see you. Halifax, help us out so we can grant another wish. Uh, go to sickboypodcast.com slash shows, and that's where you can get your tickets. And again, they're going up on Wednesday at two or sorry, 12 noon uh, Atlantic Standard Time. Holy fuck, I gotta rest this voice. Love each and every one of you. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. It was a fucking doozy. Uh, all the way from from Vancouver, we, we dive deep into OCD for the very first time. Very exciting. So, hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast that talks about what it's like to be sick 
This week's guest is Megan. She struggles with OCD. Let's talk about it. Um, well, I do have to say, um, uh, there's two reasons why I'm uh, hella excited. The first reason is because we are still here in Vancouver. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And uh, we're going into our second recording since we've been uh. here. And we're sitting down with Megan. Hello. And why I'm also even more excited is because we're going to be talking to you about something we've never actually like dived into. We've kind of brushed up against it. Yes, you have. In the comorbidity yes. world. But nobody really dipped their toes into it. Nobody really like sank their teeth. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. No toes, no teeth. No toes, no teeth. No toes, no teeth. But now we're just diving full, fully into full it. Full body. Head first, <laughs> eyes closed. Hopefully there's water in the pool. Here yeah. we go. Maybe well. eyes open. Yeah, well, maybe. I wear contacts, yeah. so that's a bad call. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we are, we're going to be talking about OCD. Yes. Can I first ask, yes. is your OCD, uh, is there comorbidity to your OCD? Yes. I definitely also have depression, which right. is a fun bag of tricks that a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's about it, though. Okay, I'd sure. say OCD is like mainly like the main thing that every day I'm like, oh, this fucking sucks. How annoying is it when people go, when people are like, oh, I'm totally OCD. Like yeah. uh, Honestly, like, it bothers me more the longer I have it. But, like, I don't want it to bother me as much as it does. But, yeah, it's like everybody is – nobody actually gets it, which is also why I wanted to write into you guys and, like, talk about it. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, so before people say that, I want them to know exactly what they're saying because it's a lot worse than people think yeah. it is. Yeah, like the, people who just generally keep their apartment clean are like, yes. yeah, so, so OCD. So, well, I, I, I want to say, I, like, on top of that, that yeah. like, I, my, my girlfriend is a, a mental health nurse. Uh. And I remember we were talking about OCD once, and I think I was one of those people that were like, oh, yeah, people fucking wash their hands until they, until they, you know, they fucking rub the skin off. or And, like, that sounds awful. But, oh, then, yeah. but then she started, my, you know, my girlfriend was like, it's, it's, it can be much more than that. Like, and she started getting into, um, um, what's the term she used? It was uh, uh, invasive, intrusive thoughts. Oh, that's a whole thing. And I was like, holy yep. fuck, that sounds like a living nightmare. It I mean, pretty I guess much we'll, is. I'm sure we'll get into it. Before, yeah. before we totally dive into it, um, we're just using the acronym right now. So um, I'm sure that Ooh. most people listening to this I are familiar so. with OCD. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, it stands for Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Nailed it. Nice. And Good job, Ray. So, so <laughs> uh, Megan, what does that look like for you? I have a really, really weird type of OCD, but also what I've learned in my journey is that everybody has something different. Like, I've never seen two types of OCD that are the same, and I've met a lot of people who have OCD at this point. The universe is um, infinite. It is. So, And the possibilities for things that scare you are also infinite. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. My mind just exploded. <laughs> Holy fuck. Awesome. So for me, um, I, I think it kind of goes under the category of perfectionism. There's a bunch of different categories um i kind of fall into perfectionism because i pretty much every single aspect of my day slash like life is affected by my ocd so Mm. oh geez your illness makes you perfect that must suck oh my god (laughs) classic quote classic (laughs) it's yeah yeah pretty much um no it's yeah yeah So, so what what does that look like then uh perfectionism for you so I kind of have, um, in terms of like with like the classic ritually things that I do, I have a list. I have like four or five lists of things that I have to do in a day. And I'm also just kind of constantly monitoring my behavior and how I go about and how I do things and talk to people. 
And if I fuck up, I swearing. That's yeah. Okay, groovy. Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> oh Jesus, take it, Donovan, take it back. <laughs> out. Um, so if I do anything to mess up any of those rules, I do a thing that I call restarting. Um, it's gotten a lot better over time, but for a long time, like maybe five or seven years, I was just clearing out everything in my life that I had ever really interacted with. So, wait, we, wait, so those, I know this is all very broad. So it's the, a lot of digging we're going to have to do. So, so those do four things, for example, what would what would those uh, four or five things be that you would have to do in the run mm, of the day? And what does like, restarting look like? Yeah, so it's like four or five lists of things. So, I mean, it could be as menial as like drinking a coffee in the morning. That is like one of my checklists to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another, a nice thing to do to start your day. Yeah, no, like that's, that's the yeah. shitty thing about my problem is like everything on there is something that I do to like better myself. Yeah. It's like I'm a I'm like a slut for self improvement right, pretty much, sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it uh it it doesn't really work that way because when you're so focused on trying to better yourself, everything else kind of falls apart. So like right. drinking coffee, um, the stuff that gets more complicated, uh, like I have like an order of things that I have to do when I'm alone in my apartment. So like, um. And it runs in 15-minute cycles. At least that's what it does right now. So it's running on 15-minute cycles, and I have to, like, pace around my room, and every time I see something, I have to do whatever it is that I see that I know is on the list. So, like, and I just I just know these lists at this point. Ugh, fuck, it's so complicated. So, like, um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it's you... so much. It yeah. really is. Okay, so It sounds like a bad LSD trip. Oh, I've never done LSD. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> uh, Not to call you out. <laughs> Neither have I. I just heard. Uh, no, I very much have. But I, but I, 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 when you said that, I was like, oh my god, it's sort of like when I start cleaning on LSD. It's it's a bad, it's like a really bad thing. I cannot start cleaning. Oh, when I do LSD, I can, I've done mushrooms, so I feel like I can maybe see that. Like you kind of just get lost in like this world I, of and it, like and this it, is hell happening. Yeah, and, yeah. But, it, but again, it's like this this cycle that it's like a cycle. resets, and yep. I'm like, oh fuck, yeah. here we go. Oh, no. Keyword: the okay. reset is a keyword. Yeah. So initially, did you you said that now these lists are like basically in your head? Did you have lists that were written down before? Or is this thing that like you just build on them over time? Yeah, they're all written down. Um, Except so with the restarting aspect, what I do is every time I screw up, which is obviously multiple times a day because nobody's perfect, uh, I have to throw away everything. So I um, like I have a notebook that I write all my lists in and I keep it's like my OCD diary kind of thing. Oh, man, if my doctor listens to this, they're going to be so mad that I have one. <laughs> no. oh, is You're not a, supposed to have one. That's well, a bad thing? I mean, that part of the therapy of OCD is uh not doing anything that you are uh, compelled to do as a compulsion. Uh, right. So you're not supposed to do it. Uh, it's hard not to, though. Because you are compelled to take... to take. You want to do it right. You want to do yeah. it right. Yes. You want to make sure you don't have to fucking reset. Exactly. Yeah. By, by fuck up, do you mean that, that you know this was next on the list and I accidentally did that? So now we're starting from scratch again? It could literally be as small as like stuttering in this conversation. That's a fuck up. And I've, oh. I've already fucked up a few times, so I'm just rolling with that anxiety, we, guys. We, we <laughs> haven't even noticed. I mean, if it if it if it helps at all, that's reassurance. It's bad. Uh, uh, I noticed it. You. I noticed it for okay, sure. Good. Oh Christ! No, not okay. this okay. worse. Wait, wait, wait. So you just said that's reassurance, so that's bad. So if there's so much stuff, it's amazing. We'll get it, and we don't need to. We don't need to follow a list in the way that we approach this conversation. Okay. okay? All right. So that's good. I'm. As, yeah. No, this is a fun thing to work with. Well, how's it going? No, wait, wait. I was going to ask a question about yep. the reassurance thing. Like, I, I do want to know, because um, you said reassurance is bad. So if there are people who are supporting you in your life, is it um, important for them to uh, 
like if you said, oh, fuck, I fucked up this thing on my list and now I have to restart and they go, oh, it's okay. You'll, you'll get it next time. And yeah. like they're encouraging you to like stay on that like to-do list and checking things off one by one. Yeah. That's a negative thing. That's a negative thing. Like, so basically the whole therapy for OCD is something called, there's a few therapies, but the main one and the most successful. Oh, geez. (laughs) Wow. You guys are plugging your shit right now. Well, or Wednesday morning workouts. I'm sure work well too. That's another thing. Uh, But it's called ERP, which is exposure and response prevention therapy. So basically you have to trigger yourself to make yourself like, so it's it's so easy to describe like contamination, which is like the classic hand washer kind of OCD thing everybody thinks yeah. about. Mm-hmm. So like you like, you know, put your hands on a toilet seat, which scares the shit out of you if you're scared of germs and then you don't wash your hands. And that's the therapy. You just mm-hmm. have to sit with the anxiety that builds oh, man so much over time for not mm-hmm. doing this thing that makes you feel better. And you mm-hmm. just do it over and over and over again. Until you don't get scared of it anymore. That gives me anxiety, so I can't even fucking imagine yeah. how much anxiety that gives yeah. someone with OCD. Have you had any success with that? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. I did a um, a pretty crazy. I had a pretty crazy experience. I had to go to Boston for medical treatment for ninety days for OCD. At um at the time, it was one of two OCD clinics in the one of three OCD clinics in the world. So. I had to go there. It was 90 days of really, really intensive therapy. It was a lot of that kind of shit. A lot of medication, a lot of group therapy. It's how I met all my OCD friends. God, I love those people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that. I've seen it work in like varying successes, uh, success rates. But like with mine, I don't know. I have, I've kind of like, I'm, I'm really good at this. Like I'm really, really good at having this problem. Uh, so the restarting thing. A perfectionist back to would it. say that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, very on brand. Very on brand. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to, like, like maybe just, just for a second, for the sake of like our listeners. Yeah, good and, point. And, and and probably for you too, um, to to maybe just like rewind it a little bit. Yep. And and start from because like obviously. Uh, well, maybe not obviously. Were you born with OCD? Like, th- like has this been an, an uh, something you've dealt with your entire life, or did you? grow into this? Was this something that sort of came out of nowhere? Um, I think when I look back on it, I think it was a combo. So when I was a kid, I can definitely think about, I was I was an anxious kid, which now I realize. Um, and I, when I look back, I think about things I did that were definitely OCD-esque. Mm. But what, I did have uh, trauma when I was like 11 or so. My cousin passed away. Um, mm. And that definitely just like set the whole thing into motion. Right. I can like distinctly remember the day where my rituals that I do now started and I was 11 years old and it was just kind of like they've been going on. Ever when did since you then. get diagnosed? When I was 15. Oh, so. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, OK, so yeah. a good like four years or so where yeah. you're in it. And, and I didn't even realize it was anything weird or wrong or bad. <laughs> And then I started talking to my friends and I was kind of like, hey, this is a weird thing I do. I'm throwing away all my homework. It's kind of difficult. Uh, and they were like, that sounds like a problem. You should probably see a doctor. And your parents weren't, were your parents like uh, kind of catching on that there was some odd behavior? They said they had no idea. They had no idea until I told them that I wanted to see a therapist. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is, Interesting. I don't, I know. Do you I, think you you had the ability to hide it? Oh, I'm yeah, I still have the ability to hide it. Mm. I'm really, I'm really good at this shit. What, do you do you know? I'm <laughs> really good at it. <laughs> do, you, do you know what it is in your in your brain? Like, is it a, a a wiring of your brain in some way that makes it different, or is it like do you I know what it, it is that causes OCD? I've been taught this a little bit. Um, I think that it is partially a brain thing. I kind of like to think about it as a brain disorder because 
it is like a huge anxiety disorder. But what kind of happens is like uh, something triggers you in the amygdala. And then over time, it just kind of has like routed this path in your brain. So like, let's say you're terrified uh, that you like you threw up in front of a crowd of people. And now you're really, really scared of throwing up in front of people. But to make yourself feel better after doing that, you like reorganize your bookshelf to make it alphabetical. And you're like, wow, I feel so much better. I just took control over this vomit in front of people thing that I have. And so the next time you're in front of people, you get really, really scared that you're going to throw up in front of them. So you are like, oh, I have to go home and reorganize my bookshelf. So you go home, reorganize your bookshelf, even though there was no threat. You didn't throw up in front of anybody. And your brain's getting these firings where it's exactly. going, ah, I feel better now. Yeah. Ah, I feel better now. And ah, then you I just keep now. doing that. But then eventually reorganizing your bookshelf isn't enough. So uh, then you have to go you and like, add something to yeah, it. and you just keep building it on. It reminds me of, wow. it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of like sports. Like it's, it's obviously a, a much more, a much more like life-encompassing um, thing, but it reminds me of like sports <laughs> rituals, like pregame rituals that I used to have where, Ooh. where you know, if you didn't, I, I, I had something that I would do with one of my best friends that I played with and we, we played together all growing up and then we were a midget. We'd have like a two-hour thing that, and we had probably... You're not allowed to say midget. 50s. <laughs> uh, did you, did you learn, why, did you learn it, nothing from why the last is it, time Why we is the league, why is the, the age called midget? Um, <laughs> and then, and we would have this two hour thing, and we'd have the ritual, and we'd have all these, about 50 steps, and it took about two hours to complete really? all the 50 steps. That sounds a bit and, excessive. And we would do it together. <laughs> it most right? certainly does. It, cer- it certainly does, but, and it, and it was, but it was contained to that, you know? Yeah. And, and if we did it, if we fucked it up, then... That wasn't that great, you know. It, Cause, it, it, cause fucked, this, it yeah. fucked up the way we perceive the yeah. game. It's like that episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Hal's like bowling and he's trying to get the perfect the perfect game. And I then, remember like, people that. Leave god, that and he, oh my god, it's so I remember good. that. Such it's, a good throwback. It is funny that you brought that up though, Taylor, because I was thinking of sports rituals as well. And um, but I it remember, stays contained within that. It right. doesn't leave and, that. And I was thinking for me as, anyway. as Megan was was talking, I was thinking of uh, a friend of mine that I uh, I raced with in canoeing. Um, she had a ritual and it was specific to swim meets and we did cross training. We did swimming and she would do this ritual before every time before uh, the swimming races. And I would always look at that and go, man, I think that's kind of like, it's kind of crazy to rely on that ritual because if something doesn't, if you don't do something exactly a certain way, then all of a sudden now you're going to be second guessing your performance and it will negatively. You know what the interesting thing was with what we did was when you were at home games or away games, we were very much adaptable to that. The away, the, the away rink was going to be completely different than our home rink. So like the, Mm. the away ritual always had to change. So there was sort of like an, an adaptability thing where we were like, well, we don't know what the rink's going to be like there. So everything will change and we'll have to do it differently. But Also, you didn't have a, a mental illness, so... No, but, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I so wonder what the connections fussy. are between, like, OCD and superstition. But I'm thinking oh, of, like, that. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Like, I've met people who have, like, a, like they literally had Friday the 13th OCD. So they were terrified of the number 13 and Fridays. Oh, so they wow. had to, like, oh, come no. in. Oh, no. Like, Fridays happen every week. I, well, okay. Yeah. Friday the 13th <laughs> only happened two or three times a two, two time, two or three times a year? It's two. T- I think it's two times this year. I it's love Friday every the 13th. I get way too excited. When the Sunday, so when the first of the month is on a Sunday, it's a Friday. It was, it was it's almost a full moon. This, this it was this a full moon. One. It was a year in Vancouver. Yeah. I guess technically, at least. it was a full moon at like like at or late at night. Yeah, it counts. Yeah, whatever. It's I mean, at least I think it counts. That was a big OCD day for me. I was pretty <laughs> excited about it. I, was like, <laughs> I had a lot of rituals to do. do you get, well, do you get? Do you, um, you know, I, I know. I 
know it's terrible. It's really funny. But, well, you know, like, you know how there's that whole thing of like, oh, the, you know, the the mental health hospital goes fucking wacky on full moons. That's like, a real thing. Is, and is it is this something that resonates with you? Like on yep. full moons, you're like, oh, fuck, oh. here we go. You know, okay, maybe you, I've noticed a few things. So one time I did have to go to the hospital and it was a full moon. That was pretty spooky. Uh, that's actually my only example. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, but that's, that's the one I have. Nailed that's it. my example I have. I, w- I want to ask you more about your rituals, but also I'm having the thought of like, and like, Asking you about your rituals and making you think about this. Oh, no, this. I don't give does, a shit. It's fine. Okay, I know. Oh, would your doctor <laughs> give a shit? Exactly. Right, like, yeah. does it reinforce them? Um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, it's pretty, we're pretty reinforced at this point. Right. You know, it's been a long time <laughs> right. of dealing with this. I've, I've had it, so I think I've had about this iteration. It's been about 10 years of a mental health journey, and I'm only 24, so it's kind of, it's been my, my entire fucking life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Then, then what is it? Okay, so what? I guess maybe to 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 boil it down to like one thing right now. Mm. Um, what what are you having the the hardest challenge with dealing with uh, within your ritual or or even within your OCD in general? That's a good question. It's honestly, it is something that I find really hard to describe to people because it literally affects every single minute of every single day. It isn't like this for every person. Um, but in my case, just because the nature of the obsessions, it's all about just like monitoring myself to make sure I'm doing the best I can do as a person. Um, it's not like I necessarily have super specific triggers in the world for people with more like quintessential OCD, like the OCD you think about. It's really easy for them to go into a situation and be like, oh, like I got my hands dirty. I really need to wash them. For me, it's like even if I just kind of like I'm walking down the street and I feel like someone looks at me sideways, I feel like I did something wrong and I feel like I need to ritualize in order to fix it. So it is it's kind of the hardest thing to communicate to everybody I know. Can I read something that you wrote into us? Oh, God, I can't even remember what I wrote. So, yeah, that would be helpful. And it might it might be helpful, like even to like answer this question that you have, Brian, because we were reading it before you came up Mm. and I was very telling and I think it was very like it was something that really like kind of stopped me in my tracks and, mm. and I thought holy fuck I, can, I like I cannot imagine that mm-hmm. um uh here just one second for me my OCD had a mega ritual I coined restarting I would have a number of things I had to do in a day what ways of behaving from checklist to how I chewed food to how I got out of the bed in the morning if I made a single mistake I would have to restart that involved throwing away my belongings factory resetting my phone and computer, deleting my email addresses, getting rid of my homework, spring cleaning on steroids. Every day, it's kind of like that feeling you get on New Year's Eve. The anticipation that once you had a fresh start, your life would turn around. Sometimes I wasn't even able to do anything after I had set up for a restart, so I would essentially be paralyzed until I could start again. Yeah, that 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 was that's should I should just write things down more often. That sums it up. Sometimes there's, here's the other. This right, is, this, that's this that's, is the part, that's all. That's the yeah, episode. That's all she wrote. I, I love this part though. Sometimes I would restart ten times a day. Think about that. Ten new email addresses. There are no more Megan Phillips handles anywhere. That is a fact. Oh, well, it you is so change, difficult. You'd start a new, a new email, email address. address. Yeah, there was Holy years shit. where I did that. It was a whole thing. Like how, many, how many? How many email addresses have, have you created? No idea. I've used Yahoo, like AOL. Like I've done my email address right now is iCloud. Like I have used them all. Wow. There's no more Megan Phillipses, and I, it's such a common name. I feel how, so bad for everybody. How else. do you convey to 
people that you have a new email address. <laughs> yeah, it was really embarrassing for a while. And then also with like Instagram and Facebook and shit like that, like in and, and high school and stuff, I would just delete it every single time and make a new account every single time. And people would always be like, Megan, like, why do you have a new Facebook account again? I'm like, because it wasn't right. <laughs> it just wasn't right. And what if you can pick out like what like what is something that that would make you go? This isn't right. It's everything. It really, it literally is. So I could have, yeah, like I could have gotten out of bed wrong and have had to delete my email address. So Again, the restarting. It's not, yeah, it's not the email yeah. or the or the Facebook's not right. No. Right. It's oh, that the okay. thing happened. And now to make me feel better, oh, okay. I need to restart something. Everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, so the New Year's analogy is actually the, a really good one that I do use. Like it's that feeling on New Year's where you're like, yeah, like my life is going to change. I got a whole mm. new like year to face and I'm going to be the best person I can possibly be. Mm -hmm. That is the feeling that I have every single time I start doing the ritual of restarting. Right. Yeah. Like the clock yeah. is going to strike midnight and everything is yes. going to start from zero and I'm going to do it perfectly exactly. now this time. That is exactly it. That is, yes. Interesting. So oh, when, so wild. coming back then to when you, you started to recognize, all right, you know, my, my friends are telling me this shit is weird. You go to your parents, you say, I think I need to see a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, what was that process like of, of, the early days of sort of exploring this this part of your brain. It was interesting. I was really lucky. Um, I My doctor happened to be like an OCD specialist, which was totally coincidental. It was at a BC Children's here in Vancouver. Um, and yeah, so I went in and I told him what my symptoms were. He was like, well, lucky for you. I actually trained at Harvard for OCD Oh. doctorship oh, or whatever doctorship. it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's what it's called, doctorship. Here. I think it is. I think I need two coffees today, but that's fine. Um, you said doctorship. Now you're going to have to make, make a new email address. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> Ryan. No, I haven't. One thing I am proud of, it's been a few years of having my email address, so I have learned to adapt with this, oh, but also good. it's still a little bitch. Um, but yeah, so he was great, and he really got me off on the right path. I was also dealing with depression at the same time, so mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to tackle. Like the thing with OCD is um, it makes you feel good. It does make you feel better. That's the whole point of having these rituals. Right. So when you're also dealing with depression, it's kind of harder to want to like work on these things because it makes you you're just the therapy for OCD is feel shitty until you feel good again. Mm. That's sort of a hard thing to embrace all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. Coming back to that idea of like grabbing the toilet seat and being and then and, you know, your yeah. team being like, all right, Megan, hang out. Yep. Well, Sit I mean, in it. Yeah. I mean, it's even in it's even in like the things where 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 we mentioned, you know, the full moon day and you were like that was a great day like See, that was a great OCD yeah. but what's day. funny is like so that day I was actually supposed to go hang out with my friend she's moving or she moved so I was gonna go to her going away party but I had to totally bail and I really fucking like I let down a friend just mm. because I had to choose my rituals over a friendship which how, I feel how, bad about how does how, that con sorry Bray I was just gonna go say ahead. like how often do you um does, does it does OCD affect you in that way where like it prevents you from you know spending time with a friend a lot or like maybe like going to a job interview or work yeah. or like school yeah. or something It gets like that. in the way all the time. It is something I've, so I nearly didn't graduate high school by the end of it. Um, yeah. So by grade 12, everything was just so nuts that, uh, I just, I wasn't able, I was literally throwing up my homework every day. Um, would, you, would you like start writing an assignment and then just have to keep restarting the yeah. assignment too? Yeah. Oh, that's infuriating. Oh my God. It's so infuriating. How does it, how do you connect to that emotionally in the way that you in in the in the instance where you know that your OCD has has kept you from say let's say going to this thing that you said you were going to do with a friend mm -hmm. so 
you know that it kept you from doing that, which is shitty. But at the same time, you fulfilled this ritual, which then makes you feel good. Like how do those things contrast with each other and make you feel ultimately if you like kind of zoom out from it? It still is feeling shitty. So, I mean, yeah, like I feel I feel shitty about it. And so it's what I'm working on right now. It's kind of it's oh, man, this is so yoga. You guys are going to fucking love it. Uh, But it's like um, very I'm trying to be very mindful and I'm just trying to live in the present Mm. moment and Mm. not freak out about everything else. Do you project into the future a lot with your. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Project into the future, project into the past. I just don't live anywhere but the now. The crazy thing is, and and you you know, when I said yoga earlier, I meant it in a to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, yeah, because. I know that you can't tell somebody because OCD is a, is a mental illness, right? Yes. Like it's not like you can prescribe yoga only to treat that. However, in a sense, like what you're talking about is the treatment that your team is working on with you mm-hmm. is like is like being in that moment of dealing with that anxiety and like almost like marinating in it for a bit. Yeah, and, a prescription and, of yoga may not hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. My 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 take on mindfulness uh, uh, is is the ability and everyone kind of has their looks at it a little bit differently but the ability to the ability to create a gap between the action and the reaction of 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 everyday events so like something happens and we're really likely to to just you know action reaction um simultaneous they move from one to the other and to create the gap between those two things i think is what is what allows us to to be present um how what are what are your sort of like in in terms of mindfulness and especially if there's somebody out here, you know, who's dealing with OCD that's has has no fucking clue what to do <laughs> with, you know, not that it might, not that it will work for them, that, but what are your mindfulness practices like? What what does that look like? I mean, really, I just when I'm in a situation where I'm starting to feel anxious or I'm overthinking or my brain's going somewhere else, um, I just try to be like, okay, what's happening right now? And I'm not always successful, honestly. I kind of have a big bone to pick with mindfulness. It kind of pisses me off a little bit. Uh, I, I really do value, despite how much my brain like tries to actively work against me, I really do value my imagination and my brain and like being able to like, you know, kind of have fun up there when I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds powerful. It's <laughs> yeah. I, and like a lot of people with people with OCD are some of the coolest people I've ever met. You know, you're basically, you have to be brave and you have to be fucking smart and you kind of have to you know you're just like a good time to hang out with you also have to have a good sense of humor because it fucking sucks mm. so you got to be able to laugh at it um but yeah so when i do mindfulness stuff i just try to bring myself back to the moment and i don't like the idea of totally shutting off and just being like uh but i, I try to feel like grateful for whatever's going on that's a new thing that's been happening which is kind of fun mm-hmm. that naturally started to happen so oh cool like being grateful for like the whole buddha it, thing you know sure. like i'm grateful mm-hmm. like um uh, if you don't crave the feeling to go away and you just appreciate having it while mm-hmm. it's happening, it doesn't hurt as bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I know that, you know, with a lot of mental illness, um, everything's kind of on a, on a spectrum. Yeah. And, and this was also something that you wrote into us, but like there's, there's basically like a, a score or like a rating system yes. for OCD. It's called the Y box. The Y box. What, what does that stand for? Do you I know? don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, when you when you first started going to see your your doctor, like within those first few years when things were getting bad in high mm-hmm. school, did they give you any kind of rating? Yeah. Um, so my and I what think is it that? Started, like, what is the system? Like, so I think everybody it kind of falls onto it a little bit. Like, it is definitely kind of a spectrum problem. Um, I think below fifteen is just like a normal person. 
Right. Uh, and then like 15 to 25, I think is like not great. Um, I, I just know. So I've always been in the like 32 to 40 range, which is extreme severe bad OCD. Like, oh, this, okay. this is this is shitty OCD. Is 40 is the, the 40 ceiling? is the top. Yeah. So by the time I went into hospital, I was at 40 out of 40. I did leave my house for four months before I checked into a facility. You didn't leave your house? I, my mom would drive me to my doctor's appointments, but I wouldn't leave my house. And, and is that yeah. just because you're just constantly in like a mode of as of soon as I woke up, things? as soon as I woke up, I fucked up like the way I woke up in the morning. I fucked up and fucking up. It's like I, even just feeling negatively about anything is a fuck up for me. So I'd wake up, I'd feel like shit, and then I would be paralyzed for a whole day. Ugh. And I would just sit on the couch and watch reruns of whatever was on. Oh, fuck. What was that channel? TLC? Survivor? No, yeah. dude. Survivor. <laughs> that brings me joy. <laughs> no, I was watching, like, Say Yes to the Dress, but the same episode, like, four times a day. Oh, no. Yeah. Whoa. That wasn't even OCD. That just happened on oh, cable. God. It was bad. That sounds awful. They, yeah. just, they just fucked, they fucked up I and know. played the same episode four times in a row. It, yeah. it could have been OCD. We don't know who was in that, uh, who was in the you know, the, uh, the operating Ooh, yeah, yeah, the production space yeah, the production yeah. studio. Um, uh, wh- wh- how old were you when this happened? Like when, when was this in, was this like the high school era where, where so high school, I didn't, I almost didn't graduate. Um, I tried to go to uh, that's college. Like yeah. That, that's that was, that was really shitty. Yeah. That was, that was a hard thing to go through. Um, basically after high school, life has just been very interesting and a little bit atypical to what like a 20 something year old experience might be. Uh, I tried to go back to, I tried to go to college. Um, that's been just as tough. I think I've dropped out five times at this point. Just like, I keep giving it a go and I keep just getting that no CD in the way. Yeah. It's a bit of an issue. Keeping you from going, from going? Yeah. So I'd miss classes, uh, miss assignments, um, throw out homework. It's just kind of the you, same shit. Yeah. This might be a little out there. Oh, go for it. But, you know, obviously to to, to uh, fail <laughs> continuously, like mm. five times, have to oh, go back. Um <laughs> Do you think that like, all right, I don't know how to word this, but like, do you think pulling back that that is like sort of an ultimate reset where it's like all these, all of these little things that are happening that you resetting, resetting every day, which makes you not be able to do the, the homework and the homework, not doing the homework leads to worse grades and then the worst grades leads to failing and then you got to go back again. But that failing and going back again is like a sort of bigger reset on all the smaller resets that led to that big reset. I've always loved the first day of school. If that's <sighs> what you're asking. Yeah, exactly. What fresh. I'm at. It's you just like fresh. New Year's. It's yeah. almost like, like you crave the first day to an extent that like you're subconsciously make your, oh, yeah. you make first days happen. You just, yeah, exactly. My you notebooks just, look so good on day one. Yeah. So oh, fucking shit. good. Is there, yeah. are there, are there, are there things like lifestyle wise that you have come to find are like, Oh, this type of thing actually fits really well with the with like my with my OCD like it's easier to do these types of things with OCD than it is to like do that like you know you say you, you did university you know five times you yeah. come in and out of it and it's like fuck it's really hard to make that fit yeah it does not fit but is there <laughs> is there are, are there other things that you're like actually this for whatever reason ends up fitting really well um yes and no i can't i think what i have learned uh over the past few years um i started doing improv and improv, yeah. hey, <laughs> what's happening? Right. Comedy. Uh, no, improv is literally, I think it's like the most mentally healthy thing anybody can do. Yeah. But in terms of being a person who can't really start projects without throwing them away, uh, just being able to walk into a room and just make up shit on the spot and then just leave and then you never do it again. It's kind of Ooh. perfect for yeah. me, you know? Ooh. So that's been that's been a really nice thing. That Sweet. fits in well with my brain. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. 
I've you, always, I can I've, tell that you'd be good at it. Yeah, I, I've always had this. Um, I, I've talked about this a number of times with with several different people, but like, I've always felt that acting was such a good form of therapy mm-hmm. for CF because uh, you know, like every time I got a, I took on a role, I would be able to be somebody else who didn't have CF, yeah. and it was like this very. I don't know. Like, like a liberating? Very, very liberating healing yeah. process. Um, and I was having this conversation with someone, someone the other night, and they were like, have you ever spoken to anybody else who has said a similar thing or the same thing, whether it's with CF or any, anything else? And I was like, you know what? I haven't actually heard anyone mm-hmm. say that, but now I can say Hi. I have. Because, <laughs> and it is. It is like improv is such a – it is such a like perfect form of alternative therapy for yeah. someone with, with OCD. Yeah. You know, like the ability to – to really let go of yeah. of all control and really just trust. I mean, talk about being mindful and being in the moment. Yeah. And it's terrifying. So it's also like scaring the shit out of you, too, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's so you have, cool. You have, it's very, really fun. You have it's a very like interesting ability because, I mean, not and not just based on my like pop culture knowledge of OCD, but also like in snippets of what you wrote, you're in terms of the restarting. You know, I, I was thinking to myself, before you came up here, like I wonder, I wonder if there'll be an instance where, where like you insist that we restart the podcast. I've literally thought about it. I've hundred percent thought about it since I sat here. But you're I, so good at going day, with the though. flow. It's your day, though, guys. <laughs> you're so good at going with the with the flow of things, and maybe that's. Uh, and I don't know. Are you like? Do you find yourself here just like really like? working really hard to like keep the flow keep the flow yeah. of things going yes, like definitely you're, you're trying to avoid the impulse to to say like you know oh i i could i could say that differently or or, or whatever i don't yeah. know yeah so i i had kind of a tricky summer um i got really real i had like a major depressive episode this summer and i just started taking antidepressants again which has actually been like I'm kind of, I kind of shit on medication a little bit, uh, even though I really shouldn't because it's really helping. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, this is awesome. I love this stuff. I should yeah. keep taking Prozac. Why, <laughs> why, why, do you, why do you shit on it? Or why have you shit um, on it? I've, I've tried so many things. And a lot of the time when you just got on really high doses of um, psychiatric medication, a part of you just kind of zombifies, at least in my experience. It's different mm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm doing now is I'm starting at a smaller dose and I'm kind of like every, pretty much every time I've been on medication, it's kind of been as like a crisis response. This is sort of one of the first times where I'm like, okay, I'm making a conscious adult decision to yeah. be on medication more proactive. and take care of myself. This is going to be good. And it's mm. been good. It's been really good. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you feel like that will help you? That will, that will help you in mitigating the potential for the crisis mode that you yes. usually, which you, what usually triggers you yeah, to take the medication. Definitely. Yeah. I, I want to go back a little bit and, and take a, a deeper dive into your experience in Boston. Yeah, me too. Mm. Um, it was very interesting. It's a good story. How, how did you find <laughs> it? Because you said it was one of like the, the three hospitals in the, or, or p- places in the world that, yeah. that do that so, type of work. It, so it's a place called the OCD Institute. Um, it's at McLean hospital, which is in Boston. Uh, that is actually where Girl Interrupted is set, if any of you guys Hey-o. have dipped your toes into that. Cool. I have did seen you that. hide a lot of chicken under your bed while you were there? Uh, no, I didn't, but I did dive around those tunnels, which actually no. exist. Oh, they're really? fucking scary. They are the spookiest places. Oh, my God. Is that God. Angelina Jolie? I haven't seen yeah. that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. 
That was it's like good. 2000, Dude, that's right? that's so yeah. cool. I, yeah, no, the tunnels are real. All the buildings are real. I mean, whoa. it's a real place. It's a place where people go. I'm one of them. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, one of them. Uh, that that movie was set in what, like the 70s? It was like a... I don't know. I can't remember. It's, it's, set in it's, the a, 70s? Movie. it's a movie I, that happened. I thought it was set like at a... At or maybe a, the 90s. No, not I think the 90s. It was, I, I could be wrong. I, anyway, what continue. Is it? What was it like even oh. even getting um, like introduced to or, or finding out that that was a thing? Um, yeah, so I, I found out about it pretty early on. So my doctor actually trained there and he said, you seem like the kind of person who is going to need what year was it <laughs> 1960s oh, oh 60s yeah. okay cool kind of close um he he's <laughs> the kind of he said that you seem like the kind of person who's going to need to have like overnight treatment pretty much uh so we kind of talked about it when i was 15 i really didn't want to go because it's a pretty big thing to do so i didn't go until i was 20 um and it was 90 days 90 so, days. So yeah. did wow. you know that going in or they're like, hey, you're going to come here and stay for a while and we'll see like how long yeah. you basically benefit from this. So the type cool of thing about the Canadian government is that they did pay for all of it and they paid with no questions asked. So as long as I wow. wanted to stay, I could stay. It's a 90 day treatment program total. So you can't stay longer. Uh, I probably would have if right. I could have. Okay. But yeah. Was it only for women? No, no. In the movie, it was, it was like a, yeah. So that was, was a, a different unit. Oh. I think that unit's called Three East. I can't totally remember. Sure. Uh, I so I went to the OCDI, which is a unit with a lot of privileges because you know people with OCD, we might be scared of everything and think we're going to hurt people, but like we are so harmless. Yeah. We're so harmless. Right. We are scared of our own shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it was an unlocked unit. Um, we would go on outings all the time. We could go to the grocery store and buy snacks. You know, it was like oh, so good, so much freedom. <laughs> and so much you, freedom in the psych ward. So what's it like when you when you first get there and they start to introduce you to like uh like what does a day a day in yeah. the life yeah. look like there? Um it was really intense. So <laughs> the 4 months I didn't leave the house were the 4 months before I checked in to the unit. So by the time I got there I was like I was just the worst I'd ever been. Um I on the very first like assessment test I did, that's when my Y box score was 40 out of 40. Mm. So I was just completely paralyzed. So you go in, it's kind of like a dingy looking place, but a lot of really friendly people and nice faces. Um, And the very first thing I had to do was go to breakfast and like move into my room. And I was just sitting at a round table with a bunch of people that were all American. Oh my God. And it was just, (laughs) it was just terrifying. And like, there was this one guy who was staring at me while he was chewing his food really aggressively and he looked like he was in a lot of pain and I was like what the fuck did I do like I like well, you're glaring at me right now but he just had rituals where he thought he was the devil so he was probably trying to do like some counter rituals in his head while looking at me because he thought he was going to curse me we talked about it a little wow. bit after see yeah. and again and again this is like one of those things of OCD that mm-hmm. people don't realize like these Massively the, unique. The, the, yeah, these things that like the 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 again coming back to like that idea, the shared reality is not isn't it, you know their reality is not the shared reality. Yeah. Things like I think I'm the devil, or things like you know I'm gonna I I I have this this urge to stab my mother at night mm-hmm. or or what like what. And it's not a psychotic illness no, either. So no. it's like we are all people with OCD are totally aware that what they're thinking is weird and yeah, like it is not right. normal. But that's what makes it so scary. So Do you, so like, yeah. Wild. When you're getting to know the other people there, are you guys talking like openly about, oh, here are all the fucking crazy things that I do. Oh, my God, that's you do so that? Good. That's crazy. Yes, it's beautiful. It's so great. Yeah. And like... Uh, you just... I think I'm the devil. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That was, I, 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 I'm the devil. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Be fine. I am just the devil. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this very short break. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse. Crookshank. 
I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. I think that is the single most enlightening piece of information about OCD is the, the, that there's nothing psychotic about it, that you, yeah. mm. that, that you are not, you're not actually like, the, like, you know, the washing the hands thing, which is, I think what people mostly yeah. kind of go to in, in pop culture. You're not actually convinced that you, like the germ is going to get in and fucking, you know, kill you or whatever. Well, like you are convinced, but you also but you no, know, you know, it's not going, you know, it's yeah. irrational. Yeah. 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 That's sort of the whole key. You're you know, it's yeah, you know, but you, yeah. you're convinced, but you know, but you that just can't stop. Yeah. And Man. it's, wow. It's Isn't crazy. So bananas. Yeah. Yeah. To have both perspectives at the same time. Cause it's yeah. almost like, it's almost, it's almost like having, it's almost like the, um, that sounds even harder. I feel like I, I feel like I would, I would be like, I'd rather just be sucked up in that reality, totally. you know, than, than to have that back and forth in my head going, yeah. Oh, you know, it sounds so like maddening. I can't be the devil, but am I? Yeah. yeah they call yeah. it the doubting disease. That's like one of the, that's uh, one of the names. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm kind of interested about the, uh, so, you know, w- one of the things that I found really hard or first found really hard about talking about mental illness mm-hmm. with people on the podcast is that I couldn't understand why, like, I'm trying to think of a, an example from early on, but um, do you guys remember? I said something early on in a conversation about mental illness where I was like, but I can't understand, and I can't understand, and I can't understand. And then the person responded by saying, well, that's because it's a mental illness. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't understand the, the, the irrationalness of it. But the thing with OCD that, I, that I'm trying to understand is like, if somebody says to you, you know, Megan, like your ritual is bad for you. You should stop doing this. Like, can't you just see that it's bad? And you're, you can rationally understand that it's bad, but you can't stop doing it. Yeah. Like I, I'm struggling to comprehend. I kind of liken That's it to. That's because you don't have OCD. Well, that, that too. Right. I, I know that, but I'm trying to understand if there's, if it's irrational, but you can view it. Can you rationally understand how. I've struggled a little bit just because I've had it for so long, but generally speaking, I kind of liken it to a drug addiction um, or like an eating disorder or something that like is a little bit more pop culturally understood. It's, you know, it's bad for you. Like, you know, you should eat, you know, you shouldn't do heroin, but you just have to, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just, I, I mean, I don't uh, have an eating disorder and I don't do heroin, but I can only imagine what it's like. And it feels like it's probably, I guess, I guess the answer is to, to me too, is that, it's mental illness. Yeah. Right? I mean, I have no idea what it's like to not have this. That's something mm. weird to th- for me to think about. Yeah. <laughs> because addiction, like the, I guess that's like a, a good analogy yeah. for me to, to understand it too, is like you can rationally understand that, you know, what you're doing is, is harmful. Yeah. However, at the same time, you're addicted. It's a, mm. it's a yeah. mental illness. Well, it's totally. very, it'd be very challenging. It's very challenging to know, to try and think about you know, with something like CF, for example, like, I, like I'm assuming it's it's it must be on some level like hard for you to imagine like what it's like. Well, maybe not because you. I'm talking like you when we wake up in the morning, mm. and like when you go to bed at night when you wake up in the morning, you cough mm-hmm. like you're coughing, mm-hmm. and I know that that's like y- your sort of like that's how you have to go to bed and wake up. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go? Do you do you ever like look at me when we're traveling and we're sleeping in the same bed together, and you're like, 
Yeah, he doesn't do that at all. Or I wonder what it's like to to not wake up and have to cough. Well, I've definitely I've definitely wondered like fucking countless times. But you can't. I wonder really know. what I wonder what it feels like to breathe with like a perfect set of lungs. Right. But I. But you can't I, know. I have no idea. I mean, I feel like on a good day. You have a perfect I'm set like, of lungs. I'm like, my lungs are perfect. Yeah, right. So, I mean, on a good day with an actual perfect set of lungs, I'm like, fuck, I can't even wrap my head around what that might feel like. So, like, somebody who has something since they were born or something, if you have something for a really long time, like, being able to put yourself in the shoes of not having it mm. is, like... It's very hard. It's almost, impo- almost impossible. I, I was, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of, like, beating this to death, but I, I, it's making me think of, like... There was something you said earlier about how it's just... There's these neuro pathways that have kind of been like just hammered in in, right and so it's kind of like you're sitting on a roller coaster and that roller coaster is attached to a track and you might be going on that roller coaster but going oh fuck but i i want to i want the roller coaster to do a loop-de-loop but it it just keeps climbing up yeah or i want the roller coaster to like go right but it has to go fucking left and i can't get off the roller coaster Mm -hmm. i see that it's much more fun over on the right side because it's it's going through the water park side of the of the fun place, but now I'm going left, and it's going through the 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 horrible. I'm just getting pelted with sand, and this is not fun anymore. I feel very understood, guys. Thank you. <laughs> That's what we're here for. It's great. The, the reason why I was uh, and what I was struggling to articulate is the is the fact that like you know we're sitting here having this totally like rational, like clear headed. I hope Com- so. <laughs> like, like it just—it seems like I, you know, if I didn't know that you struggled with OCD, I would never know that you had it. Based yeah. on, based on, uh, other than outside of the context of this conversation, that's all about how you have OCD. But like the the, the fact is, is that it just seems like you are such a quote unquote normal person, yeah. yet you struggle with this debilitating yeah. situation, right? It's interesting because, and it is like, you know, when I was in Boston, I met one guy who was my age um, and he was literally paralyzed from OCD. It was crazy. I'd never seen anything like it. He, he couldn't walk. He couldn't eat. He couldn't. Oh my God. He couldn't do anything. Like it took him 15 minutes to take medication at the med window um, or, and he, it took him 20 minutes to sit up and down in a chair and like the group therapy sessions. Like Uh he just, he literally couldn't do anything. And it was because he was scared that if he moved, he would kill somebody. And he was just, it came out, like, it came on really strong. I think it struck him when he was, like, 16 or something. And the only way you could actually engage with him was to, like, race him on something. So, like, we'd go to the medication window, and I'd be like, you want to race and see who can take the medication faster? Uh, And so we'd stand there. We'd get counted in by a counselor and then just, like, pop back pills. And he'd always beat me when, like, situations like that. Or, like, we'd be playing basketball during rec time and, like, he had a great shot. He would always mm-hmm. get it in, you know. So he's got like a bit of a there's a bit of a cheat code for his. Yeah, like he wanted he wanted to be normal. Like that's the thing. Like you're totally there there's that rational line running through you, but you're just you're paralyzed by fear. That's it's mm. paralyzing. How did the program work for you? It went really well. Um so I it was 2015. By the time I left, um my OCD went down from a 40 to I think like a 16 or something like that. It was oh, wow. crazy. Uh, by the time when I got home and like pretty quickly after I got home, it just kind of ramped up again. Mm. So it's sort of been over the past four or so years since I've been out. It's been a definite journey of it's been a ro- it's been a roller coaster. Have it's you been, been able to, were you able to take nice. anything Thanks. from, were you able to take anything from 
from the from your time spent there yes. that, that you could go, okay, well, if I know if I do this, this, and this, then that will like help me over the next little bit, take this down. <laughs> I know yeah. if I have this list of things oh, that I need to do. <laughs> oh, God damn it. God damn it. I didn't mean it like that. It's very tricky. I just keep walking into these conundrums. <laughs> no, it's... um. Yeah, I learned a lot. I've learned a lot about what OCD is, which is very helpful, um, yeah. how it affects people, how it affects me, the, the therapy for it. The thing about having like a behavioral disorder, because that's sort of what it is. Um, so it would be classified as, as a, a behavioral disorder rather than a mental a mental illness? Eh, don't quote me on that. I, I don't no, know. I but no I, I think it's like a behavioral mental problem. Okay. I mean, it affects your behavior and it's mental. <laughs> Shit. I, I <laughs> Wikipedia think, will tell us later. I think mental uh, behavioral disorders are is mental it, illnesses. No, well. I, I think, I think so. a, a mental illness is something suppose, that's classified yeah. in the DSM-5, right? Yeah. And yep. so there was also like at the same program, there was people who have body dysmorphia, um, yeah, so it was a little... Oh, there was like uh, hoarding is a type of OCD, so there was oh, some yeah. hoarders in there too. Yeah, right. That was a whole thing. Uh, uh, it's, it's considered a mental disorder okay. ac- according to uh, Wikipedia. Is there... Um, is is it a is it a pretty mixed bag, male, female, one yeah, or the other? Yeah, or? I think it's I think it's pretty even for... Um, yeah, it was about 50-50 in there. I think it's 50-50. I can answer that another time, <laughs> but I think it's 50-50. <laughs> you don't need to get that... You, um, I'll take it. You guys, you guys want to hear, do you guys want to hear some I'll interesting? Just keep answering the question. Yes. <laughs> some, uh, some interesting stats. Yes. Obsessive compulsive disorder affects about 2.3% of people at some point in their life. Rates during a given year. So did you say 2.3 t- or 2 to 3? 2.3% of Very people. Very specific. Um, which is actually a pretty high number. Like it is. If they're talking about the percentage, like the population of the earth. Uh, rates during a given year are about 1.2%, mm-hmm. and it occurs worldwide. It is unusual for symptoms to begin after the age of 35, and half of the people develop problems before 20. Males and females are affected about equally. Uh, the, phase, the phrase obsessive-compulsive is sometimes used in an informal manner unrelated to OCD to describe someone as being excessively meticulous, perfectionalism, or perfectionalistic, absorbed, or otherwise fixated. Um, interesting. Yeah, um, sums it up. Uh, coming back to the the... The time in Boston, mm-hmm. girl interrupted. Uh, do you, you, when you were coming into your final week, say of the treatment, how were you? How like what was Megan then compared to Megan at you know at forty on the scale d- day one arriving? Oh, there? I was so different. I yeah. Was so I so. I mean, I've talked a little bit about the depression, but like before I went in, I was just I was done. You yeah, know, I yeah. was just ready to I was ready to call it and. Being in an environment where I was surrounded by people who know, well, got to know me, who understood me, um, and I learned how to actually live with this and all the skills I needed in order to tackle it, like it saved my life. It a hundred percent saved my life. That's amazing. Yeah. Were you hesitant to go at first? Or yeah, I didn't want to go. Yeah. I was planning on checking out two weeks after I got there, but I stuck around because it was good. How has <laughs> it affected your uh, like relationships? Um, a lot. I d- haven't really engaged in any of those. It's, yeah, like dating is just no, kind of not a yeah. thing. And is that I'm, I'm because scared. of OCD? Or? Yeah, and it's just the anxiety. Like, so before this, like, I don't know, and I'm starting to chill out a little bit, but I was pretty high strung when I first walked in. You're here. literally laying <laughs> on the floor right now. I, mean, I you came in here. <laughs> you were pacing, and I'm like, solely back now. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's like fucking pick it up a bit. No, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, everything I do that I'm like excited to do, I just instead feel terrified before I do it. So mm. like. Dating is tough. Yeah, right. I can imagine. So you would like, you would, is it the anticipation that if you were to have a date that you would 
that you would just, just not show not up, show or, up or cancel? Like, no, I think it's probably a bit more normal than that. Like, I don't know, maybe just like some classic or like daddy issues. I don't know. Like, there's probably other <laughs> things going on as well. But sure. just the idea of dating people just really freaks did, me out. Did right. you find it um, easier to have relationships with the people who were also in the the treatment program? It is, a, yeah. Like, it is kind of a weird thing now. Where I mean there's a handful of people in my life who know I've been through this. So it's pretty fucking exciting to actually be here. I kind of feel like I'm coming out right now in a way. Oh, that's um, awesome. there, There's a lot of people that just don't even realize. No, no, I don't. And, Cause wow. it's sort of a weird thing to talk about. And like, sure. You know, it's something that's kind of the whole stigma thing. Like this affects literally every moment of my life, every yeah. moment. Yeah. But, Which is kind of interesting that yeah. it's, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I understand that it would be hard to talk about with, yeah. um, with other people, but also if you you're you're kind of saying that when you tell people it's easier for them to understand who you are because they understand why you do the things that you do yeah right so like it's it is better when they know to a certain extent oh totally mm. totally but it's such a weird thing to talk about and it's what feels like a weird thing to talk about i don't think it is as much as i think it is but no is that something they talk about uh, in treatment Mm. like like broaching the subject with others or or you know, engaging in conversation and 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 developing a vocabulary for sharing that with people in your life. No, not really. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. There is a thing that I go to. I didn't go this summer, but there's a conference every year. It's <clears throat> called the International OCD Conference. Holy fuck, we it's, gotta go to that. Honestly, yeah. it's in Seattle next year. I'm very yeah. excited. I wow. don't need to travel far, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really fun. You just go, and there's a bunch of doctors and a bunch of uh, patients, and I've made like a little group of friends who go every year. Sweet. Cool. And we just you know go out and drink and talk about how shitty it is. And it's just like camaraderie. It's fantastic. Yeah. Do you have anybody in the city that you know that that is also going through what you're going through? No one in the city. No, Mm. but occasionally when it was, you know what? It was pretty funny when I first got out. um, I had no idea how to like going to live in a hospital for three months for like going to girl interrupted for three months is a pretty big thing to kind of have on your like 20 year old mind. You're Mm. like, Oh fuck. Like this is a crazy experience for me. Yeah. So I told everybody, I was like, hey, this just happened to me. And everyone was like, wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Um, That is definitely a lot. But there were people along the way who I shared it with. And they were like, oh, I also have OCD. And I've made some good friends. So I kind of, you know, but I've been also educating some people through doing that. Like I've had a couple coworkers. I've been like, hey. It gives so much context to like to 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 you and how you are. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, one of the biggest one of the biggest things about doing the show over the last few years is that is that when anybody unless I already know them really well, when anybody does anything, it gives me pause before I go, before I judge them too harshly for yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like, you like know. Like that story like today of uh, the guy on the bike. Ooh, <laughs> Remember that? Bikers in Vancouver, what have happened? You, have, you ever, have you ever told that story? The guy on the motorcycle. No, he hasn't. He um, should have. The, old, the older dude. Oh, have I ever told him on the podcast? I don't think you did. Well, this is a I, fucking perfect example. Yeah, sure. Up. So like, so... I, I, I used to drive a motorcycle. It's also I love, a great example love, of how much of an asshole you are. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I, in, in the moment, I was a huge asshole. So, and not to, not to him, but I was internally an asshole. I, I, I love motorcycles and I used to own one and, and I, I'm, I'm always keeping an eye out for them. And, and what I have come to hate and despise are these like three wheeled motorcycles. Like giant tricycles. <laughs> yeah. That either have to, some of them have two on the front, some have two on the back. And every time, it. every time I would see somebody on one, I'd be like, fuck, why the fuck do you have that stupid fucking thing? And, and then, um, and I was uh, driving home with my dad from a golf game uh, outside of the city and, 
and we stopped in this town to have a bite to eat. And as we were walking over to the restaurant, saw these two guys, maybe like, uh, maybe like 200 feet away. Couldn't see their faces. One was on a motorcycle. One was on one of those like tricycle bikes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I turned to my dad and I go, look at that stupid fucking thing over there. Who the fuck is riding that? Like, what an idiot. And and then as we... I'm like how he said, I internalized yeah, it. And then yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, said, loud to his... But I definitely yeah, put it out to yeah, the universe. To, my, to <laughs> my dad. I know you didn't say it to the guy, but... It's, yeah. it's and then as we get as we get closer, we I realize that it's, it's two of my dad's best friends. One of them who I know really well, which is the guy that was on the motorcycle, but another guy that I, I, had, I had maybe met, you know, in passing once or twice, but didn't know. And he was on the trike. And as we go over, we go over and we talk to them. Turns out, big big fan of the podcast. And uh, yep. loves what we're up to. <laughs> and he was an RCMP officer. And he got he got really severely injured on the job. And he can't, he can like barely use one of his legs. So he can't steady a motorcycle. So he drives one of these trikes. And I just thought to myself, like, fuck, man, I am, I feel like such an asshole right now because like, <laughs> this is, you know, I feel that for you, but <laughs> you know, but the pot, like the podcast, not in that instance, but in a lot of other instances has, has, <laughs> has helped me to not judge people so harshly, you know, like, yeah. yeah and when, when you have that context, it's a sense of understanding, you know, like I bet there's a lot of people out there that just think you're a fucking flake. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. And, and I lie all the time. It is bad. Yeah. I've actually now just started like coming out about how much I lie to my friends to be like, hey guys, like I am sorry. I I was actually just literally ritualizing for eight hours and that's right. why I didn't. So even like phone. even you mean even friends that know yeah. about your OCD, it's instead mm -hmm. of saying like my OCD is like fucking off the charts right now yeah. and I'm just like doing this and this, you're like, I have to do this instead. It feels like a weird excuse to have to get out of things. It's a valid excuse. Totally. It's definitely yeah. a valid excuse, but I don't like bringing out the old mental illness card. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. It feels yeah. like a weird, you know. Fucking play it, girl. Really? Yeah, use that shit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Is see, that good or bad me... for you? I don't know. I can't really tell. I see, this... I don't know either. Yeah. I don't know. It's sort of, I'm just fucking learning. Doctor? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, so, you know, we're going to finish recording in a, in a few moments, yeah. and then you're going to go off and do your, you know, your day. Do you think that, like, do you, do, does your day today today look like you, you know, are you going through these rituals still like on a daily basis or is it, has it, has it sort of, um, I guess slowed down or, or, or is it kind of like every day is different? It, they kind of, uh, I've heard it like an analogy that it's like a whack-a-mole illness. Like you kind of smash down one symptom and a new one pops up. So right. that's why I think it's more of like a brain disorder than, I mean, mm -hmm. at least in my own personal theory, mm -hmm. it's a brain disorder. Um, I I can't stress enough how much better I've gotten, although it, it still is, it affects me every moment of every day still, but I think over the past few years, I've really just learned how to, how to live with it, and yeah, that's kind of the key word, like living with it, right. and being able to adapt to it, and just kind of accepting it as part of my life, instead of wishing I had a different life. Or as opposed to allowing it to like sink its teeth exactly. into you, and literally like, yeah. you know, prevent you from fucking leaving the house for four months. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I guess that's sort of where the mindfulness shit kind of kicks into you, yeah. and just sort of accepting this is it. And just trying to figure out the best ways to exploit what I have. Because there's some pros to having OCD, mm -hmm. you know? There's definitely totally. some pros that are fun. So you know, now I should talk about them. Fuck, now I have to think about them. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, yeah, it well, sucks, I but there's some say, good like things. <laughs> uh, some good things. Um, I, a lot of the things I do, uh, my friends are really jealous that I have these rituals because I am very organized. Um, I am usually on time, very on time. Uh, I, um, I'm, I like to research things and like... I do like a lot of my own like 
digging into subjects just because the OCD won't make me stop. Um, like Wikipedia is a good friend of yours. I, you know, I don't trust Wikipedia actually. Oh, interesting. Because it has so many sources. I've, it does. I know. Yeah. I, I and any any old fucking knob can pop on there and be like, exactly. And you see things. They change that back pretty quick. Oh, do they? Yeah, I still don't trust it. Yeah, whatever. I think, I think Wikipedia is more ac- accurate than the old encyclopedias were. It is updated. Well, I mean, it's up to, yeah, it's up to date. Well, yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, I'm sure you go back and look at some of the old encyclopedias. They're like, homosexuality is a f- awful dude, illness. Dude, if, if you... If, DSM-1. If, if, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, if, actually, like, it was, it was, in, it was in the DSM. Oh, yeah, if if Serena up. Williams like, wins, a, wins like, a tennis tournament and you go to her, her Wikipedia page within five seconds of the tournament ending, it's like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, just, you know, like 2019 champion of XX tournament. Yeah, but like, she didn't like, win. You're Canadian and you should be embracing <laughs> No, I Bianca, just mean as an example. I'm just saying yeah. it. We're all Bianca Andreescu. Well, we, we, we didn't even know she won because the hurricane blew all down all the <laughs> antennas. Oh, yeah. That's oh right. Yeah, all the antennas for the analog TV <laughs> that we watch. for you guys. I, I am curious about how you manage um, finding techniques to cope with OCD, but then also not relying on them as rituals. So like, for example, if, you know, if you're coming up with a practice of man, like ways to manage living with OCD, yeah. how do you do those things without ritualizing them? Honestly, I don't. Um, I, I kind of, I figure out a way to ritualize everything. That's sort of just where I'm at. Um, it seems like that's the craziest, the craziest like, part. part of the entire yeah. thing is like, you find something that helps you, but then automatically it almost yeah. starts to become something that you like, ritualized it. Like earlier I said, I was a slut for self-improvement and that is exactly how it is. Like my OCD is me wanting to better myself and then to be better from OCD, I have to better myself. And so I'm just kind of stuck in like a vicious circle right now. Mm-hmm. And so really like, you know, the actual good things about having OCD, like I have learned how to be grateful for all of these experiences because I've had a really interesting life. It's not the life I wanted. It's not the life I planned for myself, but like, I've had a really good life, you know, and I've learned a lot of cool things and I've had to like my sense of humor is something I really value and the people that I've met. And I, I feel like I'm very tolerant and empathetic now because of all like the craziness that I've encountered. So there are good things. And yeah, it's just kind of figuring out how to make the good things more than the bad things. Really mm-hmm. is a sense of uh, is a sense of humor something that is common with people with OCD because I'm, I'm wondering on, on, and the reason that I'm wondering is because the self-awareness, it being self-aware, mm-hmm. people who are self-aware usually have a, a decent sense of humor because yeah. they don't th- take things too seriously. Yeah. Um, is that something that you notice or is that completely unrelated? I do know of, I think two or three other comedians um, who have OCD and I think they're some of the, Oh, maybe four. Like they're some of the funniest fucking people I've ever encountered. So mm. that's, yeah, I think, I don't know if that's a trend, Potent- but I hope potential hypo- hypothesis. Yeah, hypothesis. hypothesis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we're coming up to time here, but there's a question that we, we oftentimes ask guests. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a two parter. The first one is what would you say is the biggest thing that your OCD has taken away from you? The person who I thought I would be, Yeah. Like I kind of, I, before everything kind of went to shit when I was around 15, that's really when it kind of all tanked. I was very much going down a different path in my life and I've just sort of had to learn, uh, what my new path is, but it's kind of hard for me to let go of like the bright starry eyed teen I once was, you know, Mm. 
with a lot of potential and cool things. Like my, my family would joke that I would go to Harvard, but I did go to Harvard. I just went to the psych ward there. So that's uh, pretty tight. (laughs) So I made it. I made it mom and dad. (laughs) What would you say is the biggest thing it's given you? I guess the life that I have now, which, oh God, that is corny, but that is fucking accurate. I mean, I don't think it's corny at all. I I think I honestly like it's, and it's one of those answers that is pretty common. Yeah. I think when we ask that and I, I personally, I don't think it's corny. I I think if there's something really like fucking beautiful about it. I was going to say that too. It is kind of lovely. It's nice. It's yeah. It's a hard life, but it's also, I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of cool people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm I like who I am now, which is mm. nice. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, this was uh, really f- it was a big treat to have you in here, and and uh, it was a lot so. of fun. I I do think just for the sake of you, probably, and yep. also for me, because uh, I just don't feel good about it. We should probably reset. You guys want to go to the <laughs> beginning? <laughs> oh thank God! We'll start it over. I have so much more to talk about. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, so let's just pretend that this didn't happen. And, yep, definitely. Hey, Megan. Uh, so <laughs> welcome to Sick Boy Podcast. I feel so happy to be here. <laughs> Two more hours, and let's do it. Uh, honestly. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming in and sharing about this because yeah. this is one of those conversations that uh, that I think there will be a lot of people listening mm-hmm. who will relate to um, the experiences that you've talked about and and uh, I know that they will be um, greatly thankful for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hope so. Thanks. And I kind of do just want to say like if there are people out there who do listen and they kind of they want to like get in touch. If there's a way for them to be able to get in touch with me, because I feel like I see this is this well, is it. This is the perfectionism. Yeah. I feel like I could have explained what OCD is a little bit better, but yeah. also. See, I, it's I happening. I'm sorry, it's, guys. Now it, we've just walked right into it. The, but, the best part of this is that you literally have 7000 emails. So anybody that just puts Megan Phillips at any email address they got me it's going straight to your inbox the passwords are the hardest thing to keep track of <laughs> yeah, let's no be real shit, there yeah. there's a lot of but passwords it, but if anybody wants to get yeah. in touch with you not for you to better explain OCD because oh, you fuck. did a fine job of you doing do. that but if they want if they want to connect with you uh, yeah. we'll definitely help put them in it's touch it's a pretty isolating problem so it, it is I'm, i am a resource to people who might want it really yeah. I like to be that for people cool, now. Cool. Well, we, we will gladly put them in touch with you if, if they reach out to us. And, thanks, uh, guys. And again, this was really great. So it was you. really fun. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next week, as we always are. But in the meantime, uh, do a couple of things. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and hit the subscribe button <clears> so <throat> that we can stay up on the iTunes charts there. Uh, kind of like the billboard charts for podcasts. Yeah. So people can see this conversation and learn about what OCD really is. It's like a it's like a Wikipedia for illnesses. On, uh, on a roller coaster. Kind of. Really inaccurate sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, if, well, we're here in Vancouver. And we're here in Vancouver because of our lovely um, patrons on Patreon. Patron. So if you go to patreon.com slash sickboy, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot C-O-M slash S-I-C-K-B-O-Y. Patreon.com slash sickboy. And you can contribute there. And it's a lot of fun. And you get access to a whole bunch of shit. And it's really great. And you'll be really thankful and grateful that you did it. <laughs> and a uh, big shout out to Donovan, the CPAP Morgan, for the amazing sound design on this podcast. Donovan, thanks for making it sound like we're just ticking all of those things off our <laughs> list, getting everything done. But then just make it sound like we just crumpled that list up and threw it away because we don't actually need that. It doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter. And uh, Amen, brother. And so uh, thanks for Amen, making it sound like brother. that. So thanks for making us sound great. Um, um, I was going to say thanks to Jamesy, too. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, They, they yeah, do yeah. the theme music. They, they, they weren't Jamesy when they did it, but, you know. 
they were another band, part, but, but they're a different it, band now. It doesn't matter. But you know, it does matter. I will say this: they're 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 coming up with an album, and the songs that we have heard because they they've got a new a completely new sound. From Take Part. And they're doing a show. <sighs> October doing a show. 18th, I it think, is. at the Seahorse Tavern. Yeah. And they are, honestly... They're fucking awesome. Becca cannot, Becca cannot stop playing uh, one of the songs that Colin sent us. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, they're really fucking good. For all of our Halifax peeps, October 18th at the Seahorse yeah. Tavern. I think they're up there with, um, uh, with Dead, Horse uh, Dead Horse Beats, Beats. Yeah. and somebody else. I can't remember who they Yeah, are. somebody else. I'm bummed yeah. out. I'm, I'm going to be a Nelson. It's a great bar name. I it's just have great. to say that. The yeah. Seahorse yeah. Tavern. It's a good place. Oh. So Halifax. Yeah. It's, it's very, very great. It's very it Halifax. It's our jam. Um, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. I'm Megan. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.